0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It's not that long ago that I called for a ban on the Giants in prime time. Remember? Every single one of you, every last one of you were with me on that. Even Giants fan was with me on that. Even Giants fan was tired of watching this team get their faces beat in under the lights. I wanted them banned from prime time for all of time. We all wanted them banned from prime time for all of time. Not just for this season, but banned for life. For life. life. For life. life. For life. 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 I'm on record with it. I said it. I meant it. For life. I'm not going to apologize for it. However, <laughs> however, I can't believe that I am about to say this, but I'm actually glad that that ban never did occur. Because if the ban had happened, we would have never gotten the Tommy DeVito experience. And the Tommy DeVito experience is incredible. It is. The Tommy DeVito experience is the exact opposite of the Danny Turnovers experience in virtually every single way. Starting with the fact that DeVito does not turn the ball over constantly. That helps. Also, starting with the way that DeVito actually wins, that also helps. DeVito now has the same number of primetime wins in his career as Dimes. Even though Dimes is the one in the first year of a four-year, $160 million contract. I mean, can you ponder that for a minute? Tommy DeVito with all of four career starts, already has the same number of primetime dubs as Daniel Turnovers. As always, make that make sense. Because it doesn't until we remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about the NFL. Only in the NFL, only in the NFL would you have a Jim Carrey lookalike Sixth overall pick on a $160 million deal who can't win and an undrafted practice squatter that the team found on some random Jersey street corner that still lives with his parents who can't lose. DeVito is now 3-1 as the Giants starter this season. Dimes was 1-5. Terod Taylor was 1-2. Yet, Tommy Cutlets, as they're calling him, just handed Matt LaFleur his first career December loss. So, maybe the Giants ought to go back to whatever Jersey Deli or Jersey Diner or Jersey Pizzeria that they pulled this stud out of and see if there's anybody else around there who can help out. Like, Cutlets was having a solid night before that two-minute drill. Then the guy straight turned into Joe Montana. It made marching straight down that field to lock down that dub look like what Rogan Loam likes to tell me is, quote, light work. Rogan Loam. Light work, Pop. Light work. If anybody was worried that the moment might be too big for that dude, he just hit everybody with a, Psst, please, Psst, please. In that two-minute drill last night, he was like, Psst, please, Psst, please. Then my man went straight. Do you know who the hell I am? You know who the hell I am. He was like, Oh, forget about it. You know who the hell I am? Forget about it. You know who the hell I am? Forget about you know, it. You know who the hell I am? I guess you don't have that one, Albie. Forget about it. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> you know who the hell I am? Even Brian you know Dable I am? was bragging about the dude's big brass set after that game, explaining how he never worried about the moment or the stage or the pressure overwhelming this new legend.
1: Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. He keeps his composure. There's really nothing. Here's a couple plays we like. Go out there and rip that son of a bitch. Pretty simple.
0: I mean, simple, not easy, right? Just rip that son of a bitch. Dave's. I don't know. Daniel Dimes never made it look that simple. That Daniel Dimes bitch. never went out there and ripped that some bitch.
1: Ripped that some bitch. Pretty simple.
0: Pretty simple. How simple? What Rip did he son do? Ripped that some bitch. Daves is all caught up in the Devito mania as well. How about Daves jumping up and down? Dude, nice vert too, by the way, Daves. Way to get up, bro. Way to get up. They should have like a combine for coaches. Can you imagine Dave's? The 40, little 40, little 40-yard dash, little vert. Put up some bench reps, I bet. Some Big Mac reps. Urgh! Some bench reps. I like see him on that vert when he gets up to try to hit those things. Anyway, he was all caught up in the mania. Jumping up and down. Hugging on the dude at the end of the game. How about Dave's finally looking like a reigning coach of the year as opposed to some random blob who was issued licensed giant gear and allowed to stand on the sideline. And all thanks to a random area kid, Tommy F. DeVito. Even Saquon Barkley was talking about this dude's swagger. Damn straight he was after the kid bailed him out.
1: Just reading the defense, taking what they give you, snapping and keep going, uh, you know, that's rare for, for a rookie quarterback. But with the confidence and swagger he plays with, um, you know, you, you could feel it through the stadium. You could feel it on the sideline. And uh, you know, happy to be we able to get the win. Tell you what,
0: you could feel that guy's swagger and that confidence all the way out here in SoCal. What a phenomenon this dude is. He's even more of a phenomenon than Portland woman. That's just part of the Tourette's. You know, the word kicked in. You know, Romy, that got this phenomenon up here in Jersey. Got this phenomenon up here in the Meadowlands. Anyway, what a phenomenon this dude is. Even his agent is now a phenomenon. You know you're a phenomenon when your agent is a phenomenon because you're a phenomenon. Phenomenon's a great word. You know you're a phenomenon Phenomenon when your agent is a phenomenon because you're a phenomenon. And it's got nothing to do with the phenomenon that Portland woman is. I mean, how about that getup? That agent was rocking last night. And how about that awesome DeVito family making out with itself in the stands? Awesome. The only spectacle that was as awesome, well, I'll tell you who didn't, who probably wasn't enjoying the awesome spectacle of the DeVito phenomenon was Daniel Dimes himself. Because he dimes, I mean, he tries hard, and he looks like Jim Carrey. I'll give him those two things. However, he doesn't have that same energy, that same vibe, he doesn't have that same family orgy. I mean, Dimes doesn't bring any of that. None of that energy. I like that energy, that DeVito energy. I like it. And by the way, was that DeVito's agent or was that some gangster from the 20s? Was that DeVito's agent or some extra from Goodfellas? It's kind of like Lynn Sanity merged with an episode of The Sopranos. It's literally Giants fan watching one of their own walk off the street and become a star. It's one of the most New York, New Jersey things ever. It really is amazing. And I say that as a California native. It's amazing. Incredible. Unless you're a Packer fan. And unfortunately, I'm also a Wisconsin resident. Not a native, but a resident. So I've got my part fam. In Wisconsin, Packer fan, hey, I know you're not feeling this. I'm sure for you, Wisco fam, it was insufferable. The hell happened last night? Well, DeVito happened last night. We know this. But how do you let DeVito DeVito you like that? You came in red hot. There was all this hype about the Packers and how they played of late. And then what you have here is a massive missed opportunity to get up to seven and six. Instead, you're sitting on that pile of six and seven teams all trying to rip that NFC number seven seed. At least the Packers are on top of that pile thanks to the tie breaks, but you just blew a critical game to some random Jersey area kid living out some bizarre childhood backyard dream, but in real life because that's pretty much exactly what happened so it's getting cold again and i've got a tremendous way to stay warm two words heat holders heat holders heat holders make the warmest thermal socks around they keep your feet warmer than just ordinary socks in the coldest conditions perfect for those winter sports like skiing or weekend in the coldest parts of wisconsin for instance how do they do it Heat Holders uses a three-stage process with a cashmere-like advanced insulating yarn that is soft to the touch and brushed on the inside. That traps warm air closer to your skin. It keeps your feet warmer, comfortable, and dry. They are absolutely the softest, most comfortable socks I have ever worn, guaranteed. They also have hats, gloves, throws, scarves, and more. Give somebody heat holders for the holidays that you know need these badly. They will appreciate the hookup and your discovery. Go to heatholders.com, enter my code Rome R-O-M-E, and save 15% off your order. Receive free shipping with a purchase of $25 or more. If you don't want to freeze this winter, go to heatholders.com and use the code Rome Once again, that's heatholders.com. Heatholders, making life warmer. You know, the reason it feels like that was an embarrassing missed opportunity for the Packers and for Jordan Love, who came in red hot, is because that's exactly what that was. An embarrassing missed opportunity. The Packers were just no match for the power of DeVito mania. A mania so wild that it somehow overshocked or overshadowed the utterly shocking An extremely alarming choke job that the Dolphins pulled off last night. And listen, I'm not one of those hot take artists. I'm really careful before I drop a C-bomb on anybody. Choke is a strong word. Choke is sometimes even a reason to go. Choke is even sometimes a reason for somebody to let the hands go. It's a strong word. It really is. But not in this case taking nothing away from Tennessee, but that was straight up a choke job of epic proportions by the Dolphins. Like, when you take a 27-13 lead late, advanced analytics gave the Titans a 1% chance of winning. And yet they did. So how is that anything other than one of the Dolphins' most catastrophic choke jobs ever? How is that anything other than one of the most catastrophic choke jobs by anybody ever? Not only did they lose that game, but they may have lost a shot at the top seed in the AFC as well. Like, I understand that Tyreek Hill tweaked his ankle. I understand that they had a busted-up offensive line. But watching Miami last night and knowing how they've done against teams with winning records— you can imagine the masses jumping off this bandwagon right now. How the hell can you still ride with them when Will Levis is out playing Tua and the Finns are looking at a pretty nasty schedule moving forward? Trust me, the Ravens, even the Chiefs, even the Bills are not sweating Miami right about now. I mean, you know that whole narrative about how the Dolphins can't beat a good team? Apparently, they can't beat a bad team either. Even when that bad team spent most of the night trying to hand Miami the game over and over and over and over again. I mean, what a hideous meltdown. It's not even just the lead that they blew. But how many times did Tennessee try to give them that game? You want to talk about a meltdown? They were trying to out-melt down each other. It was incredible. The reason it was so bad is because the Titans were melting down just as badly as Miami, and Miami still didn't win. Miami simply out-melted Tennessee in the end. Like the Titans gifted Miami a touch on a horrific pick six inside their own 10-yard line in the first quarter. And they were just getting started. Then they gifted Miami a touchdown on that brutal... Go ahead, Albie. Muff. muff. Yeah, right on cue. Muff. muff. They gifted Miami a touchdown on a brutal Muff. muff. In a tie game with six minutes left in the fourth. Then they gifted Miami a third touchdown on a botched pitch on their very next offensive play after the muff. 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 And all of that put Tennessee in a 14-point hole inside the final three minutes of that game. And somehow, someway, despite all of that, they win. Somehow, someway, in spite of all that, Miami loses. Like, I tweeted it last night. I X'd it. I just saw it with my own two eyes, and I have no idea how that happened. Did that actually happen? Wait, you need more. NFL teams had lost 767 times in a row when down 14 in the last three minutes. 0 and 767 until last night. No team had come back from 14 down in the final three minutes in seven years until seven years. See? There is no cure for that. I mean, I could, you know what? It's getting worse, first of all. I bet if I stopped doing this show for 10 years and showed up one day, it would pick right back up. 34. Like I'm not hardwired for it. All right, Albie, thanks. Albie. Gracias. Nobody had done that in seven years until Miami utterly and completely imploded. Well, that's funny, Alvy. Alvy's messing with me now. Until they imploded last night, Bradley Chubb admitted after the game, quote, we... (laughs) This is hilarious. We probably let our foot off the gas a little bit. (laughs) That's funny, Brad. We probably... Let our foot off the gas a little bit. You think? We couldn't really tell. Didn't seem like that at all, actually. Totally seemed like the Dolphins were locked in. Totally seemed like the Dolphins were all in at the end of that game. Locked into choking. All in on choking. Hey, no big deal. That's like me after a gallon of almonds on this show. What a choke job. Nothing on the line here. No big deal. Only possibly the top seed in the conference. Got to give some credit to Will Levis. The dude made some massive plays in that furious comeback. And when it came time to go snatch that game, Levis pulled a DeVito, and he went and he snatched it. Who would have ever thought that the two dudes with the most rookie wins this season outside of C.J. Stroud would be Will Levis, And Tommy freaking DeVito. Nobody. Not a single person, that's who. So, what I'm getting at is this. Another day and another AFC contender looking shaky as hell. The only AFC team with their bleep anywhere near together right now is the Ravens. And the only person who got anything out of that game last night from Miami was Tua. Because that game prevented him from going back on the pinky cast to play even more tragic acoustic guitar songs under even more tragic singing from the Manning Bros.
2: The Bengals jumped (laughs) off sides. Dolphins jumped. I got this, I got this. (laughs) Please, no. No one wants to hear you sing.
0: (laughs) Nobody wants any of that. Hey, by the way, before I go to break, can somebody please put some respect on... Cutlets, if you make a throw like this on MNF, with the game on the line, you can be called whatever the hell you want. Shotgun snap, pocket, crumbles long pass, far side, caught over the shoulder. It's at the 35 and down the sideline, the 30. Robinson running
2: down that far sideline, caught the ball in stride, gets to the Green Bay 23, 32-yard catch and run. What a throw by DeVito.
0: DT, Daniel Turnovers is not making that throw. If DeVito is cutlets, Dimes is popcorn chicken. Maybe worse, chicken sausage. Whatever the hell that is. With all this cutlets talk, you know Dable, you saw how hyped up he was. I guarantee Dabes made a stop at Chick-fil-A on the way home. Stopped at the drive-thru. Said, I'll take it. Well earned, Daves. Charlie Weiss is proud of you. You make that run. You earned it. You deserved it. What a wild night. by Rashad White. Rashad, great to have you on. How are you? What's
1: up, Jim? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm blessed, man. I thank y'all for having me on. You look good,
0: dude. Great to have you back. Thanks so much. Hey, listen, let me ask you. The Bucks have won back-to-back games. You pulled out that dramatic come-from-behind-win Sunday on the road in a big division game against the Falcons. What's that say about your team and this team's heart and grit?
1: Uh, it just says a lot, man. You know, right now with everything going on, and how our season has uh, been after our bye week, uh, it's been a tough stretch. So, uh, you know, just the grits, just the guts of our team. We've been trying to put together. and uh, You know, it's a great start, two wins in a row. Um, you know, one at home in the division and the other one on the road, that was much needed, a uh, huge game. So uh, it says a lot. Our team, we full of dogs.
0: You guys do play like dogs. Rashad White joining us. Listen, team first. I get that. But let me ask you this. After starting eight games last year, you've been essentially RB1 from week one this year. You've responded in a big way. You lead the team in rushing. You're the third leading receiver on that team with 48 receptions. Fact is, you're now one of the more productive backs in the NFL. Did you always know that given the opportunity, you'd have this kind of impact?
1: Uh yeah, uh, I just put in a lot of work, man. Over the time, uh, I've been blessed in my life to be able to catch um, the ball very well. Uh, been put in certain situations in my life in, in the past, and I always liked to, liked to run routes and things like that growing up. So the receiver side was uh, I knew I'd always be huge, and the way the, the game was trending as I was growing up. But just yeah, given the opportunity, uh, I knew that uh, you know and the chance, I knew that I make the most of it. And uh, that's really all I'm doing right here right now. And, uh, I'm just doing what I need to do to help my team win, and uh, being that player that all all the guys on my team believe that I could be, and I know I could be.
0: So let me ask you this. I mean, when you talk about opportunity, your usage rate is actually off the charts. You rank fourth in the NFL in total touches. You're ninth in yards from scrimmage. Like every back wants the rock, but you're getting more work this year than you actually did your senior year in college. So is there such a thing as too much of a good thing? In other words, how are you holding up physically?
1: Uh, so I was crazy. I was just on the phone with my boy this morning and actually like uh yeah, throughout my whole career, like even my during college all this, like my whole time playing football, even in high school, I would just tell him like this the most I didn't touch the ball in my career in a season. Um, just like yeah, like you said, with the touches and the carries and um just uh I think two hundred and one is yeah, the most carries I have had um in a in a football season, literally since I mean not even since then. Like I never had it in high school, never had it then. So uh, I just been great, man. I I put a lot of money, put a lot of time in my body, man. Like, you know, like today I got three session body work sessions. I've been blessed and fortunate of God too on that side of just being able to be healthy. Uh my whole whole career, being able to have being fortunate to be on the, you know, the lucky side of to not have a serious injury or things like that. And um, you know, I've been very healthy for most of my football career. So uh you know that's credit to God and just credit to me just in the the people I got that work on my body and do a great job of just keeping me up, up and steady and maintaining.
0: You know, I really like that because the fact of the matter is body is temple, body is your money maker, you should invest in your body. I mean, that is your money maker. I'm kind of curious, when you talk about the time and money you spend in, you know, without giving me the idea of how much money, can you give me an idea, like, what do you do to invest in your body to maintain your body to make sure you're right? What types of things?
1: Uh... Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there's really a lot to go with it. Uh, So, I mean, we do a lot of um, just mobility, um, just strengthening up, being able to be loose, being able to be, you know, flexible, things like that. We also do a lot of uh, just cupping, um, you know, body as in massages, just things like that, as well as uh, dry needling. It just helps. It helps the nervous system and the body to be able to respond and obviously get your blood in your body, because obviously that's what helps you heal faster and things like that. Uh, the blood flow and just getting it right. And honestly, um, just a lot of little things that just goes into it and just activating and uh, making other uh, parts of my body, like stronger, strong in a deep season or a tough season. Like when you get this deep into the season. So, Uh, It's just a lot. Like I said, a lot of money, a lot of time, literally. Like, I mean, I woke up, I had this morning, like I'm 9 a.m. I'm in there with one of my guys at his facility. Then after that, uh, right at 11, leaving his facility, I go to one of my other guys. And then I got my massage lady. She's going to be on the way here in a couple hours. So it's like, it's it's huge. Like, it's huge.
0: Dude, you're a pro. You're a pro. You've already figured this out early in your career. What about fuel? (laughs) What do you do for nutrition? What do you fuel yourself with? What about food? What's your approach?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just try to make sure you maintain and you eat um, three days. I, I mean, eating three meals a day. Um, I do the best I can at that. Um, so it's just certain little things. The bucks do a good job of feeding us, so just you know, a lot of like rice, chicken, protein, things like that. And obviously I gotta have my vegetables, um, you know, asparagus, green beans, just certain things like that. Um, sometimes of course you go out of that. Like I'm not perfect. Uh, sometimes I get a burger, sometimes I want Chick-fil-A, you know, just life, you know what I'm saying? So there's certain days that we plan out the week, me and the, my nutritionist for the bucks and things like that, of where I can have a cheat day and where I gotta be disciplined. and and maintain it and the biggest thing is just make sure you stay hydrated like drink a lot of water and uh, i drink a lot of water and gatorade man Uh, them two are the biggest things i drink other than that i drink uh some mini lemonade here and there other than that i drink gatorade lemonade lemonade rarely and water so
0: And I'll bet you sleep, too. You got to sleep. You got to rest. You got to recover. Rashad White joining us. I appreciate the approach. Hey, listen, again, team first, but you're now just 255 yards away from a 1,000-yard season rushing. No buck has done that since Doug Martin, the muscle hamster, did it back in 2015. How much would that milestone mean to you if you hit that number?
1: Uh, it just mean a lot. Uh, it mean a lot for sure for the crew, uh, Buccaneers, the, the the you know, um, the organization. Um, it just mean a lot, for, of course, for me, uh, just being able to do that, accomplish that. Like you said, 2015, man, that's like, what, eight years ago or so, man, going on about nine or so. So, I mean, it's just huge, but it also goes to show like how hard it is to you know get a 1000 yards in this in this um you know in the league and how tough it is and i mean it's been some great back still to come through here and just for that for me to be able to have a chance to accomplish that me and my old line we know that and yeah and then after we accomplish that we're going shopping we're going to do something we're going on a trip we're going to do something for sure
0: dude what do you do for the line if you get that number you know you needed some help and i know you appreciate the big dudes up front what will you do for those guys if you hit 1000
1: uh, man, I just know they're going to get some gifts, man, some good gifts that they're like, not, you know, some a good amount of like money like spent into them, man. Man, um, uh, it'll be great, man. They appreciate it. But they for sure going to get gifts. Even if I don't touch it, they're going to get gifts, man, because, uh, you know, they help me out a lot throughout this season. And, you know, they do a lot, put their bodies on the line, they bang every play and, um, you know, I feed off of them guys. so.
0: Dude, there's no doubt in my mind. You appreciate everybody and everything around you. Rashad White's joining us. I mentioned Doug Martin, man. No wonder that dude hated that nickname, Muscle Hamster Bro. <laughs> Who drops that handle on somebody, man? How weird is that?
1: <laughs> uh uh honestly yeah that's different man uh muscle hamster like <laughs> i mean i couldn't be imagine being called muscle hamster man for sure so yeah i don't blame him that he didn't like him uh didn't like it and i don't know who yeah we we should find the guy that created that nickname because that is funny that is funny It's like, <laughs> he different man. Hamster, him hey dude i want to make it muscle, very clear man muscle.
0: in no way am i clowning or mocking doug martin i love the dude i used to love talking to him but anytime that came up man the conversation always took this like hard turn he did not like that nickname at all that was kind of weird. Hey, I want to ask you something. A week before your game against the Panthers, you were rocking a t-shirt supporting the heisman candidacy of LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who was your teammate in college before he transferred. How hyped were you to see him rip that award Saturday night?
1: Man, I was of hyped. It uh, men's a lot, man. Me and him talked a lot. We really literally just was on the phone. I told him I'm gonna call him back after I get off your show, man, and uh, like, that's my boy, that's my dog. We put a lot of time, uh, my couple years at Arizona State, man, he put a lot of time in before that. And just to see his hard work, man, all the work he put in to get his body right, to build his body up muscle-wise, and just everything that, you know, he'd been through and the scrutiny he was going through. I mean, everybody's seen the video. I mean, they still resurfacing now. And, um, you know, I watch ASU fans turn on them and things like that, you know, you watch so many people turn on them. So just to see my guy do something that, we got text messages of, of him saying he was gonna go do. And we talk all the time and say, what are we going to do, man? It meant a lot. And I was in this corner the whole time and believed in him
0: you know for a fact that the world to him. And I love the way he handles himself because of all those things you just mentioned. Rashad, one last thought. Another guy that I could reference when it comes to things like that, people turning on you, Baker Mayfield. He finds Kate Otten for the game winner in the final minute of the regulation this past weekend. That was his eighth, fourth quarter comeback win of his career. I think Geno Smith said it best, and it applies to Baker too, right? Folks wrote him off, but he ain't right back though. How much confidence do you and your teammates have in Baker when the game is on the line?
1: Uh, we got a lot of confidence. Uh, we got a lot of confidence, and we all got a lot of confidence in ourselves. The crazy part, I was mic'd up, and I hope they showed when we was going on that drive. When I mean Atlanta scored, and it was going on that drive, I was talking in my mic. You know, I was saying, we're we going to win this game. And I was like, talking, like, as in, not even to my teammates. I was talking through the to the people on the mic. So, I mean, I hope they got that. But I was like, we're going to win this game. Uh, I know we are. Just like that. We're going to go in the drive right here and close it out. But uh, it means a lot, man. Bake shows a lot of passion, man. He has a lot of enthusiasm. He, he brings a lot, uh, you know, to our team and to the table, man. And obviously, as you can see, man, um, even regardless of the game, he felt like he was having, man, just to be clutch. And I mean, I got to give a shout out to Cade, man. I don't know how many game win touchdowns that's been. I mean, he 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 been in the league, man. He, I mean, we've been in the league together two years, man. We got drafted together, bro. He like one of the clutchest dudes I know. Like he one of the clutches dudes I know. He come up big, man.
0: Dude, I, I could just rap with you all day long, Rashad. So one more thing. He's one of the clutches dudes, you know. Is there like a clutch gene, or is that preparation? Like, what? Why are some guys they just have a knack, man? They play biggest when the stakes are highest. I either clutch. How do you explain clutch?
1: Clutch is the biggest thing for me is clutch is poise, man. Uh, I say that because the moment is never too big. It's never too bright for certain guys. And not everybody got that. You know, heart be beating. Uh, some guys be scared of the moment. So you can say preparation obviously goes into that. But you also got to say like confidence and belief. Uh, someone's confidence and belief in himself to um, and, and make confidence and belief in, in in the play design and and the trust and confidence in K to throw it up to him. I mean, like what? That's like the second game or so, third game this year. Um, and you know, he's came up big in 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 a clutch moment. I just say that that goes to show a lot, man. Just his heart, man, and him. You know, I don't even know if he had another catch all game, but just to get grab that one when that when the game was on the line, man. You see, you just see it, man. It's poised. Not everybody can do that.
0: So I lied. Here is my last question. When you said, I knew you said into the mic, we're going to win. We're going to win. I know we're going to win. How did you know? Is it a tribute to the guys in the locker room? How were you so sure that you guys were going to come back and rip that game?
1: Uh, I just seen the guys, man. You just see our guys. I mean, we, we've been in a lot of games this this year that, that we wanted and that we didn't get. I mean, like I said, off, off bye week, uh, we had a tough stretch. Uh, we won like one game out of like seven or six or so uh, at a point in time. And right. We was in a lot of all of them games. I wouldn't even say a lot. We was in all of them games on, on, at the last drive or at the last minute, and uh, we ended up making mistakes. But even in them drives or even in we knew we had figure it out and, and get out of some of these tough, Clutch games and things like that. And uh, you can just see it, man. I just seen it. I I was arguing with a fan on the sideline. The fan said Atlanta was going to go score on our defense. And I was like, it don't matter. I'm like, I'm uh throwing up the dub to the fan, like, in the st- while he in the stands on our sideline like this. I'm like, we still going to win. Like, I'm pointing at ourselves, like, we I mean, like we still going to win. And he was pointing at Baker, and I was like, it don't matter. Watch. We still going to win. And uh, then we go out there and that- let us score that drive uh, on our defense, and then we go out there and we just, you know, close it out. And then our defense did a good job of just holding them at the end.
0: Dude, I love that Tuesday energy. Rashad, I never, ever keep a guest that long, but when a guest is going like you were going, there's no way I can catch you loose. That is a great job, dude. I appreciate you. Congrats. You're having a great year. That's a great interview, and thanks so much for doing it, man. Really appreciate it.
1: No, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for having me on. Much love, Joe.
0: Much love, Rashad White. Yes, sir. Love that energy. That's how you show up. That's how you do it. That's a class act and a really nice player, and I'm really happy for him. He's having a big year, a big year. Rashad White, if you need him, played his college ball at Arizona State. He does lead the team in rushing. He is third on the team in receptions, coming off a 100-plus yard game in that big win, and they are tied for first in the NFC South. They've got the Packers on Sunday. My man, nice job. Really like that. All right, we'll take a break right now. Telephone number is toll free. If you want to respond to that, you go right ahead. 1-800-636-8686. How many guests do you know show up with that kind of personality, that kind of energy? Not very many. Good job, dude. So I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky one of the greatest things in the history of life? Why don't we start? I mean, how much time do I have? Why don't we start with the fact that it is produced by a family-run business? Not just any family business, but a family business which stands by quality. A family business which does produce, in fact, the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Stop making that mistake. They're not all the same. Make sure you choose the right one. Make sure you choose the best one. Make sure you choose Old Trapper, every single bite of Old Trapper is amazing because they use just the best ingredients. I know, I speak from experience. This is why they're such a big partner on this program because I love the product. I love their approach. I love their process. I love what I get when I crack open that bag. Four different flavors, all exceptional. Grab and go with a 4-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way, there's enough for everybody. If you don't see it, ask for O-Trapper by name because no other jerky compares O-Trapper. What is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com. details. Let's see here at Kelly Wood. I wonder if it's the actual Kelly Wood. At Kelly Wood, didn't Jay Stew star in a movie with Meadow Soprano? By the way, yes. Great pull. Not Not only did he star in a movie with, quote, Meadow Soprano, but the movie was Call Me, the Rise and Fall of Heidi Fleiss. Now we're going back. Alvy, do you have any sound of Jay Stu starring with Meadow Soprano in The Rise and Fall of Heidi Fleiss?
2: Yvonne, Yvonne, just a
0: couple, please. <laughs> that makes me Yvonne, laugh.
2: Yvonne, just a couple,
0: please. I think we all know that drop, but we didn't know that drop was from the Heidi Fleiss movie.
2: Yvonne, Yvonne, just a couple,
0: please. He's playing a photog. He's trying to get a couple of pics. Yvonne, Yvonne, just a couple, please. Yvonne,
2: Yvonne, just a couple,
0: please. I wonder how many takes that took the wooden and laconic Jay do to Yvonne, nail.
2: Yvonne, just a couple.
0: Was please. he one take Jay Stew? Or were Yvonne, they out there for Yvonne, like three Yvonne, hours? just a
2: couple, please.
0: All right, so there was a time back in the day when the Godfather, Stan Brooks, used to cast Jay Stu in movies. And when he would do so, Stan was very good about availing the stars. Not that Jay Stew was not a star, but the stars of those movies. And some of them were such good sports. Jamie Lynn came on this show to talk about what it was like to star alongside Jay Stu in the rise and fall of Heidi Fleiss. Listen to what she had to say on this show back in 04. How rewarding was it to star alongside? our Jason Stewart, who played the role of paparazzi in the movie. I mean, what did you learn from Jason Stewart?
1: It was really exciting. Um, you know, he was probably one of the reasons why I took the role after he was cast. We talked a lot about, like, methods and what he kind of goes through to prepare for a role, and he gave me a lot of coaching, and um, he helped me a lot, especially in some of my difficult scenes. He was kind of, you know, my guardian angel on set there.
0: Wow. Jamie Lindescala. How incredible is that? She is so awesome. Everybody will tell you so. And again, I haven't spoken to her in years. I haven't even heard that cut in years. How awesome was that? (laughs) Living up to all the hype. She said that Jay Stu was her guardian angel on set. And they talked about method and other things. she also said that she hopes that she gets an opportunity to work with Jay Stu again in the future. I would imagine that you and your manager will be looking for other scripts that have Jay Stu involved as well, considering how well that went for you.
1: It is, yeah, it's definitely something that I look for and, you know, hope to work with him again. If, if he will work with me again, it definitely was a really positive experience. And um, I know that a lot of people are dying to work with him, and I just feel really lucky that I was one of them.
0: Jamie Linda Scala. That is incredible. That That's one of my favorite flashbacks ever. I had forgotten how great she was. I told you when I met her at the Breeders' Cup, I thought she was just delightful. I mean, she was so nice. She was so charming. And then I remembered, I had forgotten that. That is an incredible, incredible exchange. What a legend she is. Yvonne, Yvonne, just a couple, please. Kelly Wood, nice job. Way to bring that up. You see, clones are responsible for creating content. You can do it. You can do it. Carl did too. War Meadow Soprano being in the Heidi Fleiss movie with Jace Do.
2: Yvonne, Yvonne, just a couple, please.
0: Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. Nobody like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's going on?
2: Hey, what's up, Jim? How you doing today?
0: Good, dude. How about you?
2: Doing well. Hey, uh, I just wanted to reach out and congratulate you. I think I can speak for a lot of the clones. It's really cool you're putting that book project together. And although I'm not going to be able to make my time with the author that Tom proposed, I wanted to see if you can open an avenue to some of us clones to maybe email our thoughts in about the
0: jungle and what it's meant to us. Ryan oh, Ryan boy Oh Ryan boy can't make time for the author but he'd be willing to email his thoughts Hey Ryan, here's the thing. It's not an actual book yet. It's a project that we're working on. Here's the thing Ryan. The author is an acclaimed author. He's had a lot of success. He knows exactly what the hell he's doing. And I have a vision for this book. We want the book to be different. We don't want it to be your standard memoir. We want it to be different because the show is different, right? If the show is different and my approach is different, I want the book to be different. So one of the things that makes this show and me different is the clones. So what I want to do is reach out to clones that are very good about explaining what the show means to them, how they approach the show and what it means to them to be players or participants on the show dude you satisfy none of that you don't check any of those boxes here's the other thing Ryan I want the book to sell I want the book to be successful I want this, book, the book to extend my brand hey Ryan I want to make money why would I include you Ryan? Ryan what are you known for? Nothing. And one tiny thing. You live in Sacramento and you clown people who live in Bakersfield. That's not the thing that got me in the Hall of Fame. I would argue the clones have a lot to do with me being in the Radio Hall of Fame. Because they're so different. The audience is so different. That's my author's take. What makes them different? What do they mean to you? What have they meant to your career? Why are they so important? Ryan, you're not different. Nor are you important to me. He didn't mean the bako jokes. I'll tell you what he didn't do. Now, I'm not saying that the author in question, who shall remain anonymous until he tells me otherwise, I'm not saying that the author in question knows everything about the show, but he knows enough about the show. And he's listened for a long time. But you know what he's never done, Ryan? You know what he didn't say? And he and I have been talking... We talk every week. We talk about the deal. We talk about the pro the project. We talk about how to approach it. You know what's never come up, Ryan, in that whole time? You. You know what he's never said to me? Hey, hey, Jim, you know what we should do? Do you have the number of that one guy in Sacramento who calls up once a week and he clowns on Bakersfield? Do you have that guy? I think he'd be really good for the project. Honestly, Jim. You know that I'm here to push you. You know that I'm here to get the best out of you. But I would never tell you what you have to do. But you have to get this guy. Because honestly, I don't think we have a book without him. I don't think there's a publisher anywhere that will do this deal without Ryan and Sackdown. In fact, you know what, Jim? I think you should let him write the forward. In fact, you know what, Jim? I think I'm going to step aside and you should let Ryan write the book. Because his content on your show is so incredible. Hey, Ryan, you're hired. When can you start? And by hired, I mean, don't ever call me ever again, Ryan. Wow, bro. Arrogant much? Ryan, Ryan, read my lips. I don't want you anywhere near this book. Ryan. I don't want you anywhere near the X, but I can't control that. I don't want you anywhere near my email address. I don't want you anywhere near this toll-free number that I hit like 10 times a day. Ryan, I'm going to do something that's going to get me in trouble. If you're watching on TV right now, change the channel or turn it off. What I'm saying, dude, oh, and by the way, dude, when the book is done, don't buy it. I, I don't want anybody seeing you with my book in your hands. There'll be an association that I don't want. So to answer your question, no, dude, you cannot be a part of the book. Damn, Ryan, it's bad enough you're a part of the show. I'm trying to expand my brand, not contract my brand. Ryan, I'm not, I'm trying to find other things to do. I'm not trying to find other things for you to be a part of. Let me see some reaction. Dear Ryan in Sacktown, how does that taste? Signed, Bakersfield. Brian in the ATL. Kevin writes, the hell was that? Let's get a phone call in here. I want to get back. I want to elevate the conversation. I want to get that bad taste out of my mouth. Ross in Lexington. What's going on, Ross? How are you? Hey,
2: Jim. I'm fired up to talk to you, buddy. I've been listening since the late 90s out of that nasty river town in Cincinnati. I was able to pick you up where that weirdo in emails you from or whatever. But my my issues with the Dolphins, who I've rooted for for years, How second place looked, by the way, Rick, how Tua, whenever they take away the middle of the field from him, he looks like he did last night, and you know how they look once the weather gets cold, they start growing a tail like Najee. So anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm a big fan of you, I'm concerned about my fish, but they're still in first place, I'm out.
0: My man, nailed it. Rack him. He is Will Brinson. Will, what's going on? How you doing, brother? Jim, what's going on, man? Hope everything's well with you. Everything is great here. Hey, well, everything except my betting. Hey, well, let me ask you something. So <laughs> going into last night's game, I said to myself, I've got a new rule. Because with if you're going to get down, you have to have boundaries. You have to have a process. You have to have rules. I promised myself I would never, ever lay double-digit points in an NFL game ever again. And then the rule lasted five minutes. And I laid the points <laughs> with the Dolphins. And it came back to bite me in the ass. Where do you come out on that? Is that number just too big, generally, double digits in the NFL to you? How do you play that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the issues is when you think about the NFL, and like, I mean, last night's example, I mean, a very unusual one, right? Because the Dolphins are up 27 13 with four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But like, that is sort of a microcosm, I think, or like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's sort of an aberrational example of what can happen so easily in the NFL. And it's why like Scott Hanson gets on red zone and calls it the witching hour. You know, you can be leading your picks pool with like nine correct picks and you know, an hour later, everybody comes through the back door, everything flips and you end up in a situation where you're not winning any, you're not winning anything. Right. Or you, you've got a bunch of bets that it looks like you're going to win. And all of a sudden, because of the way that the NFL works, And it's part of. There's there's a couple of factors here, but you know, one of the things is that the NFL has created this league and designed this league with the the rules in mind, where teams keep games close. They brag about it every week in their press releases about how many close games there are, how many fourth quarter, you know, uh, how many one score games in the fourth quarter, one score games at the end of the game. Um, So they want close games. They don't want blowouts. Blowouts are bad for ratings. You also have a situation where even with like coaches like Mike McDaniel, right. You saw where the you know, Will Levis hit the Andre Hopkins with like 2:40 left. I, I believe the Titans had all their timeouts, and then I think Mike McDaniel tried. You know, however it played out, it, it was you just have a lot of coaches who are going to be trust their defense, right? Be conservative, maybe try a pass. If you think complete, all of a sudden you stop the clock, and they want to burn timeouts. And it's just you can move up and down the field so quickly late in games. And if you're in a blowout and you're a 14-point favorite and you're down, let's say 17 points, and the and the favorite's covering. You know, that defense probably has some backups in there, and they're going against a backup quarterback on the other side who's just out there yolo balling it. So I-, I think there's just so many difficult factors in laying those points. But man, I mean, Tennessee, you know, they're rolling out Will Levis, and you don't think Derek Henry Rose for 34 yards or two yards of carry. If you, you know, you tell me that, and I'm thinking the Dolphins cover 14
0: easily. Not only that, Will, but they muffle punt and yep. Derrick Henry can't handle a toss. I mean, they did everything they could to give them that game, and they didn't want it, and it was a game that they really did need. What about the other side of that? Will Brinson joining us. The Giants and Tommy DeVito shocked the Packers last night, although I guess in the NFL there is no such thing as a shock anymore. But what about DeVito, man? How much fun is this guy and the entire spectacle surrounding him? It it's it, It's awesome.
2: I mean, Tommy, like, there's like there's dudes going to sandwich shops in, in the tri state area and they're getting like they get they're taking the like the giant helmets and the giant jersey in there. I saw Jordan Renan of, of ESPN they got a video of this guy. He's like, What, what did you have right there? He's like, I had him signed Tommy Coplets and his agents in the stands dressed like Al Capone or something. You know, everybody's doing the whatever they I don't even know what the hand sign is technically called. But you know, like it was like the Sopranos you know, we got some chicken parm hands. I mean, he did the ranking of the – I don't know if you saw the blind rankings of the food. But he's like, oh, he's like – so Like the, the guy he's eating with is um, like, oh, Marsala, that's like a vegetable. I mean, it's the whole thing is so stereotypical and so perfect and so enjoyable. And until Zach Wilson played well on Sunday for the Jets, I, I think it was maybe Bill Barnwell pointed this out, but just a hilarious juxtaposition of – these two New York teams in total chaos, not winning a bunch of games, but at least the giants are having fun with Tommy DeVito. And, you know, the, and, and now I mean, obviously the giants five and eight are actually you know, kind of hanging around in the mix. I, the, the whole thing is, is just delightful. And it's one of those things that's I shocking. He had 10 carries for 71 yards too last night, only threw for a buck 58, but completed a bunch of his passes and, and played well enough. You know, DeVito is um, was like considered the worst passer in football, Coming into the season or out of the preseason, and now he's you know suddenly just winning games for the Giants. It's, it's not sustainable, but it certainly is going to take any heat off of Brian Dable and um, and Joe Shane in terms of you know why they, they're not getting back to the playoffs, and make, it to make getting rid of Daniel Jones easier.
0: Mm, Will Brinson is joining us, no doubt. That gives them some breathing room. What about Philadelphia? Will they were ten and three now, and you know that that's not the end of the world, right? But it's deceiving in the sense that they got hammered by the Niners and the Cowboys. Hard to argue that they're in either of their classes after those beatdowns. Is this who they really are, or are they that ten and one team who we thought were still the kings of the NFC? I,
2: I mean, I think the word uh, you know our buddy Pete Prisco used is uh, is wobbly, and I think that's a good word to describe this Eagles team, Jim. You know they they were they were down seventeen to seven to the Chiefs at halftime, and the Chiefs didn't score uh, in the second half. They were. Probably should have lost to the Bills too. You know, this is a team that easily could have lost its last four games coming out of the bye. Only gave up 17 to the Chiefs, but you give up 34 to the Bills. You get drubbed and give up 42 to the Niners, and you get drubbed and give up 33 to the Cowboys. They're gonna they're gonna win the division. They've got the Seahawks, and probably I don't know they got Tommy DeVito twice on the schedule left. Um, They got the Seahawks, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals uh, with the Cardinals at home, Seahawks on the road. You know, you'd think that this team goes three and one regardless and ends up winning the division, but the defense isn't playing well. And, you know, early in the season when Jalen Hurts was struggling, it was just something didn't seem right. And now it's pretty obvious, I think, that he, you know, I mean, he, he is at least banged up because. You see the way that he deals with contact. You know, he's taking slides early on these outruns, on on these runs to the outside instead of trying to, you know, keep going and force his way downfield. He's avoiding contact as best he can because he wants to save himself for the playoffs. It it does feel like as good as this team is, and they're really good. They're deep across both lines. You know, tons of talent across the board. A.J. Brown Devontae Smith are just a sick combination. You know, they could easily be a a lot closer to a team that's maybe, I don't know, like – 7-6, 7 7 6 or like 8 and 8 and 5. The, the, yeah, they got lucky. They found ways to win, but if this defense is giving up points like this, the play they're, they're just not a team that's going to make another Super Bowl run.
0: No, they're not the same. You know, it's funny Will that you mentioned that Pete Prisco used the word wobbly to describe them. I would ask you the question, is Pete wobbly right now and are you going to <laughs> run him down with your seasonal picks?
2: Dude I'll tell you, Pete's wobbly because he's he's um he's on that Ozempic, and he's like he's like weigh's like 45 pounds now I love you like, I didn't see I didn't seen him in person forever next time you see him you're gonna be like what the hell is going on here Pete I you know rumors persist that he's on a celebrity diet uh, you yeah, I don't, know I don't know I can't confirm or deny but yeah I mean I think uh, I you know in a, in a perfect world I'd love to walk Pete down I always like to I mean best case scenario I win in the picture he went 10 four and one this past week and uh, he's, he's still got like a six game lead on me, I think. He might actually be, he's, he's been a little warm lately, which is concerning. Um, so yeah, I, hopefully walk him down, but I, I, need, I need a couple of hot weeks. I had a midseason season lull in both fantasy and, and, and the gambling and the betting. And it, it's, I got to turn things around. I mean, I started to turn it around now, but need, need a strong finish
0: here. You know how it goes. Hey, well, one last thought Justin Herbert reportedly getting surgery on that fractured index finger. He's going to miss the rest of the season. What do you think, or how do you think that's going to impact Brandon Staley's future with the team?
2: Well, I was worried that they would not shut him down because Brandon Staley wants to try to keep his job. I mean, I don't see how. The the Chargers, unless it's just a strictly we're cheap scenario, which is entirely possible, I don't see how they can justify bringing Brandon Staley back. You know, you you watch that game, and to me, it's like very telling to see them get blown out by a Broncos team. And we all know Sean Payton wanted that Chargers job. He wanted to coach Justin Herbert. You know, Tom Telesco didn't want to you know move. He didn't want to make the move to Sean Payton because then he'd be in a power struggle. Uh, Obviously, Brandon Staley want to keep his job. Ownership there is, is very frugal and didn't want to, you know, cough up the dough for Peyton. And so then you see Denver now at seven and six, making a playoff run, like putting the putting the nail in the coffin for the Chargers season. And that doesn't speak to you as like an owner of the Chargers, if you're the Spanish family, about w- why you have to make a change, I don't know what possibly could. This team is way too talented to be five and eight. They, you know, bad decisions, bad, really bad defense. Um, poor, poor, poor analytical moves. Like all the things that Brandon Staley is supposed to be good at, this team isn't good at. And and the offense has been lethargic too. Now injuries have hurt them there, but th- there's really no excuse for how bad this team is. And if they don't make a move in, in terms of going from Staley to somebody else, I think it would be
0: shocking at this point. I agree with you. Given the talent they have, there's no reason for them to be 5-8. and eight. He is a CBS Sports senior NFL writer. He is host of the Pick 6 podcast. He is Will Brinson. Will, great to have you on, man. Appreciate you so much, hey. Will. Great job.
2: Anytime, Jim. Thanks, man. Good night now!